What is up? And welcome in. We are live from the Allianz Field Press Box here in St. Paul following a second straight 3-0 loss for Minnesota United. This one at the hands of FC Dallas at home in front of 19,000 at Allianz Field. A little bit of adversity for the Loons now following a pretty much uh, they, they were flying high all summer long, and now two straight losses, both 3-0, um, have some work to do as they head down the stretch now with just five games left. But it was, quote, five minutes of madness for, that Adrian Heath uh, called it that uh, did Minnesota United in in this one. What is up? My name is Jeremy Rushing. This is Post Loons presented by SodaSoccer.com, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. Your Minnesota United post-game vent session here basically after the 3-0 loss if you have some things you want to get off your chest some venting to do some thoughts some questions uh feel free to drop those in the chat as we get going here obviously we'll break down the loss we'll give you the latest on Emmanuel Reynoso Adrian Heath gave us a little insight into um his uh situation and his status in that post-game press conference um and obviously just wrapping up what has been a pretty disappointing week for the Loons uh following what had been a really good two months for this team. So uh, drop those questions, drop those comments, drop those hot takes as we get rolling here in the stream. Again, we are live from Allianz Field, just about 40 minutes away from MNUFC2 taking the field here at Allianz Field for their match against North Texas. Um, I will be here for that as well, and we'll try to wrap this up before that one kicks off too. But um, yes, drop those questions and comments on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube and you want to get involved. Now, if you're watching on Twitter, and you want to get involved, you're going to have to go over to our YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, search Post Loons, search Soda Soccer. You'll see us right there, and you'll be able to drop those questions and comments and get involved in the stream this afternoon. As again, recapping a 3-0 Minnesota United loss at the hands of FC Dallas. And we're going to kick things off like we always do with our three things, three big takeaways from this one. And uh, a couple of these, I, I took the uh, you know inspiration from our friend Matthew Johnson at Soda Soccer. He likes the alliteration. So uh, I have a couple uh, pieces of alliteration that will hopefully uh, put a little bit of a smile on your face as, uh, as we're breaking down a pretty, pretty uh, disappointing loss here. But the first thing of our three, uncharacteristic unraveling. We don't see traditionally this kind of collapse from Minnesota United more or less because they really don't get themselves in three goal, uh, you know, two, two or even three goal. Um, they don't get down two or three goals really much in, in matches at all. Uh, but we've seen it two matches in a row. But in this one, we saw it in a big way. It was basically between the 55th and the 59th minutes. But entering the 55th minute, it was nil-nil. By the time you get to the 59th, it's three-nil Dallas. That's sort of a, an unraveling you don't see from a Minnesota United team, sort of losing their focus the way they did there and at the blink of an eye being shell-shocked and being down three goals. Um, Boxall own goal caps off what's been more or less a brutal week for the Kiwi. Uh, DJ Taylor slips and leaves Alan Velasco with an open chance for the second goal. And uh, for whatever reason, nobody decides to mark Jesus freaking Ferreira on a cross for the third. Um, you know, we've talked about the cracks in this back line and obviously you insert Brett Coleman, you lose Bakai Debasi. Um, it's just, uh, you know, the, those cracks are starting to show more and more and it's becoming more apparent that maybe the back line, while it's been the strength of Minnesota United teams past might actually be the biggest weakness in this particular Minnesota United team. And that is obviously not good. Um, you know, as you're looking at the, uh, looking at the playoffs and the kind of teams that do well and have the best chance in one game scenarios, uh, in in soccer, it's the defend, defend, defend counter teams that traditionally have the best shot in those in those one game, one elimination 
scenarios. Uh, Minnesota United's back line has, has not been up to that task uh, recently. And you see it again today with those, those three goals in basically four minutes. Um, that, that needs to be shored up. Obviously, if, if this team is going to, A, host a playoff match, we'll get into the standings in just a little bit, but B, actually have a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, these cracks are just starting to show more and get bigger along that back line. Um, my second thing, attacking adversity. After coming alive over the last two months in the attack and on the score sheet, Minnesota United has failed to score a goal in their two matches this week. Now, obviously one of those saw no Reynoso or Fragapane and a, more or less a 40-minute cameo from Luis Samaria. But to be held goalless with all those pieces in place today, it's tough not to think, especially considering what we just talked about with the back line, it's tough not to think what this last month could look like without a confident attack. This team has found a confidence and swagger in their attack or had found a confidence and swagger in their attack over the summer. But if, if this week has provided a sort of a hit to that confidence, um, it, it could be, you know, we'll, we'll see how they go down the stretch. And speaking of down the stretch, um, you know, coming into this week, there were seven matches left for Minnesota. Now there are five and you're kind of starting that back, back stretch of the season with a big stumble. So my third thing is down the stretch, we stumble. Um, there are five matches left in the season. Loon stand fourth in the West and you're only two points ahead of Nashville who are in fifth. Now you do have a game in hand on them, but still Nashville hosts Austin this evening at Geodas park. And, you know, a home playoff match has been said to be the bottom level basement goal of this club. Talking to numerous players on the team, you know, what their, what their goals are and what will be seen as a successful regular season. They said, first things first, we have to host a playoff match. We have to get one of those top four spots. That's now in jeopardy. You're a Nashville win tonight away from being on the outside looking in, even talking about the home playoff picture, which didn't seem possible a week ago. You seem to have quite a big buffer on that one week ago, but now you go back-to-back losses. And um, that home playoff positioning is in jeopardy, which is five matches left. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the match tonight. Get those questions and those comments rolling in on the stream. Sarge says, not a fan of loading trap in the middle. Need to shoot. You can't score if you just pass the ball around. Uh, pass the ball around until you lose it. Yeah, there were, I mean, look, you look at Minnesota United stats. You had 14 shots in the box. Only two of those were on target. Um, the, the, the clinical finishing was a huge issue in the attack for this team tonight, today, this afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they've been doing really well this season, especially in this successful stretch they have been doing really well in taking their opportunities, taking their chances. But those old boogeymen, if you will, under the bed of this team getting a lot of shots, but not many on target, not taking their chances. That has sort of been the pain point for this team in years past. Having found their form over the last couple months, they seem to have fixed that issue. But in this last week, that has once again sort of come up as one of the main reasons that they've been, that they've been held goalless. Getting to the final third getting to those attacking opportunities, getting to those goal-scoring chances. That was that was all good today. The midfield was was really, there was a lot in it. They were, they were going toe-to-toe with Dallas. It was re- very back and forth in the midfield. But when you look at, aside from that four-minute stretch, most of the quality chances for Minnesota in this match came from Minnesota. You know, going into half nil-nil, it almost seemed disappointing. It seemed like there should have been at least one or two goals on the board for the Loons, given the opportunities that they were given. And that continued in the second half. Even after Fragapane goes down with the with the, with the the uh, second yellow, gets sent off, which Adrian Heath was not happy about post-game. 
this team, they were generating corner kicks. They sort of had this screw it, let's go push approach, generating opportunities, generating set pieces, didn't take advantage of any of them. And that was that was the difference. If you take advantage of those of those opportunities or more of your opportunities, even with that three goal stretch, you still might come out with a point in this one. Maybe a win. Who knows? So, yes, the back line is an issue. We addressed that right off the back. But if you can't find goals and you can't get your confidence back in the attack, as we saw in April, May, June, it's going to be really tough for this team to do anything come playoff time. It seems to be uh, some some adversity on both ends of the pitch right now for Minnesota, which is how you get a week that they had this week. So um, a lot to a lot to think about, and obviously it's going to be a big week of training heading into the Portland match next Saturday, which we will get to as we look ahead. But uh, before we get into sort of the match moments and obviously the uh, the disappointing moments that made this match what it was, we're going to give a few shout-outs, and the first being to our friends over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis is where you can find 9th Street um, Soccer and Coffee. It's in their name, and it's what they do. Probably the best combination of things you can ever have in this world. Go play a game of pickup at 9th Street. It's affordable. They have it five nights a week. You can go play 40-plus pickup, women's only pickup as well. A lot of different options there, and it's very, very affordable. And then after the match, you can go enjoy a hot or a cold beverage. Either you know you want to get an espresso fix in, you want to drink some coffee, you can do that. Heck, you want to have a beer, you can do that too because Night Street also sells beer. They have beer from Utapils, uh, they have beer from Castle Danger. Local breweries um, are featured at Night Street, so um, it's kind of that community atmosphere. Not only is it the Twin Cities soccer community that's being supported by Night Street, but it's the local business community that's being uh, supported by Night Street as well. So if you are a fan of Twin Cities soccer, you are in the Twin Cities soccer community, and you haven't yet been to Night Street. I highly recommend you do so. You will love your time there, and you will want to go back more and more. They're located 801 South 9th Street, which is in the Marcy Holmes neighborhood of Minneapolis, um, which is kind of in between Northeast and, and Dinkytown, kind of, and it's very centrally located. I live in Cottage Grove, Southeast suburbs. It takes me less than 20 minutes to get there. Uh, so if it's less if it's less than a 20-minute drive for me and you're anywhere close to the Twin Cities, it's going to be a, uh, a, a decent, you know, trip for you as well you're not you're not going to be you know going on a road trip to get to ninth street or anything it's very conveniently located so you can access it pretty easily so hit them up ninthstreetmpls.com you can see the url right there you can also that's also their twitter and instagram handle at ninth street mpls or again stop by and check them out 801 south ninth street in minneapolis huge thanks to ninth street soccer and coffee for supporting the post post game show and what we're doing over at soda soccer Com. If you haven't checked us out at sodasoccer.com, please do. Uh, Jacob Schneider will have a little recap and reaction up to this one either tomorrow or Monday morning. John Ma- John Marthaler writes, uh, you know, about a, a really good weekly piece for us on the Loons as well. Um, you'll get some content from me, you know, training audio, things like that. So make sure you're checking us out, sotasoccer.com. And if you want to go a step further and support our work at Soda Soccer, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash soda. Soccer. I see a few more people jumping on the stream. And uh, if you want to get your voice heard on post loons, go ahead and just leave a comment there in the chat and I will, uh, I will read it and I will address it live here on the air, but let's go ahead and get into some of those match moments. Some of those, um, you know, some of them were good. The loons had some chances in the, in the early going of this one, but uh, I think more of them were um, not so good as we will get to in just a minute. And let me pull up the doc here as we get to those match moments. And um, as we scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, 
Scroll down. Here we go. Ninth minute. First real chance of the afternoon goes to Dallas and Jesus Ferreira. The number nine has some space charging toward goal. Fires one directly at goalkeeper Dane St. Clair, who scoops it up. Then you get to the 13th. Fragapane is driving forward now on a counter with Reynoso beside him, and the Argentines connect, but the number 10 sort of oversteps the ball a little bit, allowing the Dallas defense to recover. Ray's shot hits the chest of, uh, I believe it was keeper Martin Pays, but I saw some people saying it was also uh, blocked by a Dallas defender. From my vantage point, it looks like it went off the goalkeeper, but either way, um, it's a chance gone array for Minnesota. And this is kind of where I want to hit the hit the pause button here because um, there was a lot of uh, discussion on Twitter about uh, Bongi Longwane's performance tonight and uh, or today rather. And he you know, he did, he had quite a few opportunities. The midfield connectivity in the attack was largely going through Bongi. He was usually the the recipient of those of those vertical passes today in the match. But and he had numerous chances on goal, but he really wasn't able to put any away. Um, and so, you know, you we talk about his his running and his pace and what he brings in that regard. His is just his overall work for ninety minutes. I mean, that was on that was on display again today, and that's all been positive. But I would say today might be the first real, you know, when you when you go after his first couple matches and him getting and getting implemented in the team and getting integrated after he really solidified himself as a as a right wing starter and a, a consistent contributor to this team. Since that point, I would consider this maybe the first net negative game that we have seen from Bagi Longwani so far. Um, just because of those missed opportunities and those missed, those missed chances. Now, I'm not picking on him. He wasn't the only one who missed chances and opportunities. Emmanuel Reynoso had three or four misses today as well, among others. But when you look at how much that attack went through Bongi in the final third and those times where nothing came of it, when you're an attacker, that cannot be seen as sort of a, a positive impact. As much as you're working and as much as you're doing the necessary work to get in those positions, to receive those balls and be that connectivity between the midfield and the attack, when when it doesn't end up in the back of the net, it, 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 it's tough to be seen as a positive. So um, I think that's a learning experience for him too. I think he that's more of the um, progression that we hope to see from Bongi. Before it was as simple as, you know, okay, once he changes direction, I think he'll be good. But now I think we're seeing he really needs to work on his finishing as well, at least from today. Now he could prove me wrong and he could, you know, all of his shots moving forward for the rest of the season could be on target, you know. Uh, but at least today, and it seemed to be a common theme with the rest of the team, but he was sort of the main one who stood out as somebody who had a lot of opportunities but couldn't take advantage of them today. Um, so that's kind of my assessment of Bongi's performance specifically. Um, if you have any, have any questions or comments or overall takeaways on the match tonight as you're trickling into the stream, feel free to keep dropping those in the chat as I move forward here with sort of those match moments. Um, 17th, effective ball movement around the box. Lud finds Ray just outside the 18, who puts his left on it, and uh, it's over the bar. Um, loons were looking very dangerous at this point. This is where I'm talking about, you know, the Loons having the better of the opportunities. Sure, the midfield was back and forth, and they may not have had the possession in the first half, but they were getting the better opportunities in the final third for sure. Um, 35th, though, a golden opportunity for Dallas as legit and Ferrer connect in the box, but the U.S. Men's National Team forwards chip, short chip, uh, attempt over St. Clair goes wide. Uh, 41st, Bongi again, he's been, he had been on the receiving end of a lot of vertical passes from the midfield at this point. This time he finds some space just side, just outside the 18 may have had an option or two to pass it off to, but I don't mind him being selfish and taking the shot here. 
but the right-footed effort goes wide. Um, and then that ends a really physical first half. And, you know, looking at some of the reactions to the first half, you know, a lot of them were positive, but a lot of people saying, you know, we need to finish, we need to score. Uh, well, that narrative changed uh, just 10 minutes into that second half because here's where it started. 55th minute, first goal for Dallas. Ariola on the right looking for Ferreira in the box. Boxall gets a, a foot to it, but puts it in the back of his own net. That makes it 1-0. Just a minute later, Alan Velasco adds another for the visitors on a right-footed shot that beats St. Clair. He was given this space because DJ Taylor uh, stumbled. He slipped and fell, which has left Velasco all alone on that left side, right at the 18-yard line. He puts it in, 2-0. And then just two minutes after that, visitors bury their third in five minutes, or I guess third in four minutes, as Ferreira gets loose in the box and puts a point-blank header away. And that is where the unraveling sort of happened between that 55th and 59th minute mark. Um, 69th, it gets worse for the Loons. Fragapane issued a second yellow card. Sent off following a challenge on Marco Farfan. Loons now with a three-goal and one-man deficit. And Adrian Heath, after the match, was was not happy with uh, Franco taking out his frustration there. It says, you know, we're all frustrated. But to do something like that and now not be available for the Portland match um, just as, uh, you know, it's it's tough. And uh, 77th minute, um, this is where after Fragapane goes down, or it goes down, um, you know, exits due to the yellow card and uh, and the and the red there. Um, this is where Minnesota really started to really push and kind of go all out, go balls to the wall, if you will. Um, and they generated a lot of corners, a lot of set pieces, a lot of chances, um, handful in that five or six minute mark between the 72nd and 77th minutes. Uh, most of those corner attempts were dangerous too, but nothing resulted in that opening goal for Minnesota. Um, they did make five subs in this one, did Adrian Heath. 62nd, it was Garcia on for Reynoso. 69th, Benitez on for Lawrence. Uh, 78th, uh, Ariaga, Rosales, and Gonzalez on for Lud, Trap, and Bongi. So we got quite a few cameos in this one. A lot of guys taking the pitch and uh, and you know getting the opportunity, but it all comes in a 3-0 Minnesota United loss to Dallas. Um, Kasiti? I think that's how I'm going to pronounce this, says time to move Lud forward again. I don't know if you can go off of one match, one performance for Bongi to say he doesn't deserve to start at the right wing anymore, but I do think that leash is very short because you have a guy like Robin Lud, and now you have all these central midfielders that are healthy and all these options. I wouldn't be surprised against Portland to see Lud on the right and have that uh, you know Ariaga trap midfield, or maybe you throw Jonathan Gonzalez starting in the midfield too. Um, Minnesota has options in the defense. And not, not only does that affect Robin Lud, but it also affects Bongi Longwani with Lud being there and having the surplus and all maybe being available to play on the right wing now. Um, so he was forced to play central midfield, obviously, because of the lack of options in the midfield. Now there's a ton of options in the midfield, which makes that leash for Bongi that much shorter. So would I expect Lud on the right wing against Bongi? If you're going to put a gun in my head and make me answer yes or no right now, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Bongi does get the start against Portland, but I would not be surprised at all to see Lud move forward to the right wing and have Ariaga Trap be your central midfield and have Bongi be that sort of energizer, um, impact, super sub option, if you will, off the bench. I honestly think that might be what works best for Minnesota as you are moving forward closer to the playoffs down the stretch. You know, we talked a lot last week, both on the Postlands postgame show and on the 10,000 Pitches podcast about Minnesota really needing to determine where all these pieces 
fit into place when you get to the playoffs. Because it's good you have all these pieces, but you need to figure out how they're going to fit come October 9th, come decision day, come playoff time. But I think the one of the things that that impacts most is who plays centrally and then who plays on the right wing. Obviously, those are those three positions that it seems to impact most, especially when you factor in Mender Garcia's ability to play wide as well. You know, he's an option that could play the right wing if Bongi slips too. So it's it's um, there's a lot of options, which is a good thing, but there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out. Only Adrian Heath knows what he wants to do. Obviously, we'll try to get some insight on his plan as uh, you know we talked to him in training this week. But I have to imagine that he's going to keep that pretty close to the vest heading into that Portland match next Saturday, especially when you're going to be without Franco Fragapane. Maybe that also impacts like maybe. Maybe Longwane plays on the left wing, and you put Lud on the right too. That's also an option that they could they could play, or Garcia on the left. Um, I would not be surprised to see as well. So um, a lot of options there for Adrian Heath, which is a good thing, but also you're forced into it by a Fragapana's um, red card and b by uh, by Bongi's sort of net negative performance on the day today. I'm going to stick around for probably about 20 more minutes, guys. So if you have those questions and comments that you want answered or you want addressed or you just have some takeaways, something you want to get off your chest on the stream, feel free to do so. If you're watching on Twitter and you want to get involved in the conversation, going to have to go over to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Post Loons or Soda Soccer. And while you're here on the YouTube, make sure you're giving us that thumbs up, subscribing to the channel, and tapping that bell to be notified whenever we drop a new episode of Post Loons. But now's the time where we're going to shout out our friends, over at Pence Homes, P-E-N-T-Z homes.com is where you can find Pence Homes and check out all of their five-star reviews. Man, uh, people love their experience working with Nate and Pence Homes. And I'm not talking about working with Nate as, uh, you know, soccer, fellow soccer supporters, fellow soccer fans, because Nate is one of those, man. He is a huge fan of Minnesota United. He's a big supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole. His sort of priorities very much align with ours at Soda Soccer and wanting to support everybody who's doing good things in the world of Minnesota soccer. But in addition to that, he does his job very, very well as a realtor and uh, as uh, you know, managing this group of realtors that are helping millions, you know, I'd say millions, many people uh, in Minneapolis, might be millions, who knows, uh, but many people in or around St. Paul and Minneapolis uh, buy or sell their home, which we know can be a stressful process. Anybody who has gone through that process, especially when you're like me, year and a half ago, selling a townhome, buying a new home, contingent offer, stuff like that, Man, that is a whirlwind experience. Having to crash at our in-laws while we're having, you know, showings done at our house. Um, it can be it can be a wild ride. It can be stressful. But Nate and his team are there. They, they can't take the stress completely away. That's humanly impossible. But what they can do is they can help take as much of that stress off of you as humanly possible. Work with you. Work within your budget. Work within your needs. They have the team and the technology to make this as easy a process as they can. Nate and his team are awesome at what they do. Just look at their five-star reviews on their website, pentzhomes.com. Check it out. Or if I have sold you here, say no more, Jeremy. I'm going to hit Nate up directly. You can do that. You can see his first name, N-A-T-E. Just uh, email him, nate at pencehomes.com, and they can help you out. Huge thanks to our team over at uh, Pence Homes, our team, their team over at Pence Homes for helping our team out at sodasoccer.com and the Post Loons Post Game Show. Uh, Cassidy doing some clarification, pronounced K-City. A uh, bit scary when Coleman is the best center back on the day. Would you try to get Boxy a rest given how thin we are? I think the thinness in the center back position is why you can't give Bongi a rest, K-City, to be honest. 
when you're talking about how important this last five match stretch is for Minnesota, I don't know how you can with, with all of what, you know, with, with how important it is and how thin, and I don't know if you can really, really give uh give boxy a rest at this point. I don't know as much as, uh, you know, we love Nabi Kim and Gucci and what he potentially be for this team moving forward. I don't know if you can really trust him to slot in at center back right now, even if it is just to give box all a rest. And yes, I agree. He deserves a rest. He is logging the most minutes on this team consistently year after year after year, but you just don't have anybody behind him that can jump in and play, especially when you're talking about this important run of matches coming up to close out the season and trying to earn that home playoff spot. It's just, uh, I don't, I don't see how it can happen. Uh, any big blue jumping in says if Bongi is on a short lease, would be interested to see if Benitez up on the wing would be an option. His connection with Amaria is clearly a good one and may add some venom to the attack. That is actually something that I didn't think about any big blue, but that is a really good point. And that continues to show the options that this team has. It's good to have these options, but you have to figure out what fits best and where you can give guys rest and where you can slot guys in for spot starts or wherever and where is it where it's going to work out the most. Um, I wouldn't hate seeing Alan Benitez up on the right wing for a, for a cameo. Obviously, I don't necessarily want that to be where he, he plays moving, you know, primarily moving forward. But at the same time, I do think that is an option that Adrian Heath has. There are a lot of options that Adrian Heath has. I think there's one thing that we've determined on the post-loons post-game show here is Adrian Heath is not short of options with what he can do with this lineup moving forward, whether it's taking Lud, putting him at the right wing, making Trapp and Ariaga your midfield, or maybe Mender Garcia starts at the left wing and uh, you know you you move a guy like Alan Benitez up on the right, keep Lud at central midfield, or maybe – People might not want to might not want to hear this. Maybe you put Robin Lloyd up at the left wing, and maybe you know there's there's just so many options that I think Adrian Heath has to work through here. But he he it's that's what he gets paid for. It's tough decisions. It's a very important part of the season, and you're coming off a run which you couldn't really afford for that home playoff buffer. As we mentioned, Nashville's two points behind you. They play tonight, hosting Austin. They've been on a pretty good run since that Minnesota loss. If they win tonight, they take over the four spot. Yes, you have a game in hand. Points per game might be in your favor, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, to be on the outside looking into the home playoff picture on points at this juncture, given where you were just a week ago, that would that would look pretty that would be pretty disappointing and obviously would give Minnesota United a bit of a hole to crawl out of. They have bounced back from adversity before in the season, obviously given where they were in mid-June to where they are now or where they were a week ago, obviously they have the mental fortitude to, to come back from adversity. To me, this is a little bit different, though, because you're coming off of such a consistent run of success. I think this makes it even that much more deflating to have a week like this. So I'm very interested to see how this Minnesota United team bounces back on the road against what I think is a very beatable Portland Timbers team. Yes, they're good. Yes, they're at home. Yes, they're fighting for a playoff spot. But there's a reason why they're on the on the French playoff line. And that's because they haven't necessarily been that great uh, this season. They've shown some lapses. They've shown, they've shown some holes. They've shown uh, an inability to be consistent, um, especially when it comes to on the defensive end. And where Minnesota United's attack played, or the way this Minnesota United attack has played for the larger portion of this last couple months, that should be a team you can feed on and get multiple goals and maybe give yourself a chance to up that attacking confidence back. You know, 
if, if you had come away with three points today, you know, a draw in Portland would have been, um, it would have been seen as a, as a probably a decent result. Anytime you can get a point on the road is good. But I think given this zero point week that you're coming off of, um, if you want a real chance to compete for that home playoff spot and get that home playoff positioning come October 9th, three points is I think you need it against Portland. And that's going to be a big one. And of course, we'll have post loons late night on Saturday um, following that one. I'm looking at the scoreboard clock now. 12 minutes from Allianz or 12 minutes here at Allianz Field from MNUFC2 kicking off against North Texas SC. I'm going to be sticking around for that one. Um, and uh, that's about how, how much longer we're going to stick around on the post loons post game show here. So if you're watching and you haven't gotten your uh, question or comment uh, in yet, feel free to drop that in the chat and, and, and comments and we will uh, we will get to that. Um, looking ahead, obviously we have uh, we've mentioned it a couple times, but Minnesota, uh, this is a big couple games here over the next 10 days as next Saturday you go to Portland, but then you follow that up with a Tuesday nighter at home against LAFC. Two of the perennial powers in the Western Conference over the last few years. Um, Two big matches, and they're even larger following this loss. So we'll see if Minnesota United is able to bounce back and and come up with a win. But let's go through some of the stats from today that really sort of painted the picture of how this match shook out. Um, You look at the XG... Minnesota United actually had a better XG than Dallas. Minnesota United 1.22 expected goals. Dallas with three goals on the day, only a 0.9 XG. But you look at the total shots, 15 for Minnesota United, two on target. That is not going to, that's not going to do it. And that's an issue that Minnesota United had faced in years past. And so anytime you see that on the stat sheet, it sort of it's, uh, it brings you back to those struggles and brings you back to a time where Minnesota United was unable over an extended period of time to get shots on goal and where their goals to, or their shots to shots on goal ratio is among the worst in the league. Obviously, they've shown this year that they have tightened up those issues, but a, a week like this makes you question whether or not those issues are really in the rearview mirror. And I think uh, the match against Portland next Saturday will really sort of prove whether or not that's the case. Um, if there are no more questions or comments, guys, that's uh, we, we can cut away a little early here. It's been 30 minutes. It's been a fun post-loons post-game show. Um, I didn't bring any water in the uh, in the booth with me, so I'm going to go grab some water and sit down and enjoy this MNUFC 2 North Texas SC match. Um, you know, There's about, I would say, 100, 200 fans that have stuck around to take in the second team match. So it's cool. I mean, UFC two, obviously featuring what we presume to be future first team loons in the near future, like Tommy Williamson and Azeel Jackson, but there's also Carlos Leatherman who featured in the MLS next all-star game. Um, there's uh, Alex Smur who, you know, won goalie wars in the all-star uh, skills challenge. And he's had a really good run of form lately. So, um, a lot to be excited about this MNUFC two team too. So if you have a free night, check out MLSnextpro.com and check out this MNUFC two North Texas SC match. Obviously, Dallas's 
uh, academy system and their reserve team are always stocked full of future pros, future MLS contributors. So should be a good one here at Ollie on Steel for the nightcap between uh, MNU FC2 and North Texas SC. But that'll do it for Post Loons breaking down Minnesota United's 3-0 loss to FC Dallas. Big thanks to Pence Holmes and Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee for supporting what we do. Big thanks to everybody who has tuned in on a uh, Saturday, early Saturday evening. Left those questions and comments. Um, if you missed out live or you're just tuning in on the tail end and you missed out, you can watch the whole thing here on YouTube or over on our Twitter at Soda SOC, or you can listen to the podcast version of this. We put this up on our podcast feed. If you're on the go, just search Soda Soccer Podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, make sure you leave us a nice review as well. But as you're uh, heading out of the YouTube stream here, if you could, if you haven't yet, give us that thumbs up, tap that bell to be notified whenever you drop a new video and please subscribe to the channel would be awesome it's unfortunate result tonight uh today i, I combined tonight and today uh unfortunate result today for minnesota united three nil loss to fc dallas they have a chance next saturday though to redeem themselves at portland it's a bit it's a much bigger one now considering this week's results and of course we'll be there for post loons immediately after a late night following that one until then guys enjoy your week and uh we'll catch you next time on another episode of post loons see you